And we are live. Kevin Reed. I did not know your last name until today. <laughs> and I think that there's a lot of people out there who think your name is Max. Max, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten that. <laughs> because of your Instagram name. But it's not Max. It's Kevin. And you, your, is it, you call it a company? Yeah, I got an LLC. So your company is Wooder Designs. Actually, if I was more prepared, I wouldn't have to do this. But I've got these just yeah. as a quick, yeah. oh, there's some <laughs> green screen going on with the blue ones for some reason. But we got the white ones in there. Wooder Designs. And what brings us here tonight is fly bikes. Let's be real. <laughs> Fly bikes and everything that just happened with the tire wedgie. Is that the official name for this guy? <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what I was labeling it, I guess. I gotta grab mine. <clears throat> Didn't grab it yet. Sorry, anyone, for if I feel ill-prepared. I was just riding, and Canadian wildfire smoke affects your brain. So anyways... Uh, Fly bikes in the tire wedgie, which is this thing right here. And basically what I wanted to talk a little bit about with this is for one, what is this thing? What is it? Yeah. Tell me about this thing. What is this? For people who have no idea. It's a wedge, two piece wedge. It slides on a rail. Um, it'll center your tire relative to, to the frame to the tire mm -hmm. and then the, the sliding one will tighten the chain as tight as you want it when you to keep the wheels steady when you tighten everything down yeah. um the problem i was having was with tight brake setups and you probably understand this you know like the the, the best method we do is to put it upside down and slam on the brakes to get it centered mm -hmm. you know and then tighten your everything down from there but then your brakes are always your brakes are only as good as they, or your centering is only as good as it brakes could ever right. be. So this allowed me to have a repeatable like position to put it in in the center to adjust the brakes to, and then now my brakes work a little bit better. Which makes total sense, and it's a consistency thing where this thing is going to center your wheel every single time the same way. Which you're talking about repeatability, you know. So. For anyone who might not totally grasp this, tire goes in this channel, then this goes into where some people shove a tire lever or a wrench or lots of things. <laughs> and then you you could push down on this part to push your wheel backward because you're pushing it against I mean I guess could you could do it on the chain stay or the seat stay, right? Yeah, either or, either and that doesn't matter. Yeah, so wherever you have it, this pushes against the bridge of the chain stay or the seat stay, and it pushes your wheel backwards, and then you're centered, and your chain is as tight as you want it to be. Which and your chain stays and seat stays are usually like tapered anyway, uh -huh. so it all just centers itself, you know. Which is amazing, and like other genres of bicycling people care a lot about wheel dishing and making sure everything is perfectly centered but like in bmx i feel like 
people just, especially people who ride street and they're, they don't care if their wheels are super true. They're just like, eh, close enough, whatever. So it's like, it's on one side. Mm-hmm. So like something like this, you put this in there, it takes away any kind of, all right, I got to pull back and to the side and go back and forth. It just push it down, tighten, tighten, done. Which yeah. is cool. So <laughs> fly, like what's what happened with fly with this? So I don't know the full story. Give me the rundown. Which which version is that one? Oh, be what? We were gonna get there because I saw I saw a number online. This one is V twenty seven. Twenty seven. All right. Yeah. Um. Well, I think it was like Christmas, twenty twenty two. Um. I just made the first prototype this big <clears throat> this big thing jeez and it was just real basic and i made a little video talking to the same 30 people that i think i usually talk to you know and then it blew up overnight i was like what is going on you know <laughs> um so then i just kept messing with it making it better and better and the version numbers just the the fusion 360 file version number so basically as many times as you hit save with changes um but it's like a pseudo serial number so around then by like 27 i think that was a pet g1 we're messing with different materials and then not too long after that um at some point fly hit me up to make a couple for their warehouse for their assembly line and stuff and told me they had three different sizes and i made them all three four sizes i think and then made an in-between one and during that i was testing with a tpu and then realized that was just the better way to go forward um i had a box full of like 25 of those or so and um was kind of was just gonna write them off honestly you know like i was just gonna make these new ones and go forward with that but um yeah, that happened, and they all sold out in a couple of days, and <laughs> they still work. They're they're pretty specific to BMX size. I mean, it's a two, uh, twenty by two point three is gonna be perfect, or two point four, you know. Yeah, this one says two point two five. Little little specific. <laughs> right. So so like, you made these for fly. Did you make them with the intent just to be used in the warehouse, or were they gonna sell them too, or? I. I understood it was they wanted them for themselves. Gotcha. Um, he said, like, we make uh, bike maintenance videos and stuff, and we'll video it and stuff. Like, okay, cool. And I put their logo on it, and they were, they were pumped about that. And I think that's the coolest. That's maybe my favorite thing of the 3D print is, like, being able to customize the stuff for people and yeah. not just pump out the same exact one each time, you know. Right. I mean, even, like, with this thing, you put <laughs> my name on the top of the quarter pipe, which is... Now, that was some graffiti font that I figured out how to decorize and extrude it. That was cool. It's so cool. So um, real quick for somebody who was in the chat that didn't hear the explanation for this thing. It's two pieces because this goes into the back tire and then this presses down and it's a wedge. So it gets bigger and it presses down, pushing your wheel back to whatever desired chain tension that you want. Uh, so fly had you make these and then they hit you up like last year. Is that, is that mm, or a early? Ago. Oh, a month ago? Okay. It was pretty quick turnaround. Gotcha. So you made them. And I remember you posting, maybe it was stories or something. I remember seeing one of these 
with the fly logo on it and it was like oh that's pretty sweet and then this week fly posted a video of them using it and then some pictures and now it's just everywhere <laughs> that was pretty cool well for before that montana ricky and jeff posted that um little reel and that that really kickstarted it honestly really so the day, the day before i had seen that so oh it all happened kind of like right in line with each other yeah <laughs> dang i hadn't seen that you didn't see ricky's <laughs> it was just him and jeff hanging out and showing how it worked you know cool that was like the perfect little plug yeah and then fly jeff, posts what's that because I, I sent one i sent jeff one a while ago dude jeff like when he he's like oh this is precious like he <laughs> loves this thing that's awesome i'll send him a new one <laughs> so you were gonna send out so basically you told me that overnight like your entire stock of these sold out yeah, like 25 of them or so, you know, but basically overnight, probably within 24 hours. That's between. so cool. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's cool because the material cost, was it, like 30, 40 cents or something like that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, that, that part of it's pretty cool, you know, I spent way more than that on the machines, but... <laughs> right, well, I mean, just it's just, it's that whole uh, old meme thing that you see of, like, the the giant ship that's motors broken they can't figure out how to fix it so they call up this old guy and he just walks in there and like does one thing and then it just works again and <laughs> and then he, they're like oh how much do you charge and it's like some outrageous number and he's like well i'm not you're not paying me for the 30 seconds it took me to fix this thing you're paying me for the knowledge of a lifetime of figuring out and knowing how to fix it and it's like in that case you know it might take 30 cents to make this but you've refined all the way up to i think i saw the one is 47 yeah that's the one i'm gonna i'm gonna make a bunch of 47s that's so sick so you you've refined it what's that i made a bunch of 27s i think 27s were what i mostly mailed out gotcha yeah so 27 47 to 47 and now i mean from the one i saw your story or post where you were showing a different material yeah so these new ones tpu like the bar ends yeah the rubbery stuff so it's just it just allows. flexes a little bit well the the big problem was I think around Christmas, I, I did sell a few in Christmas, and I got a little ahead of myself, and I made these out of hips. Um, it's typically used as, like, a dissolvable material for supports and stuff. But in limonene, it's not water-soluble or anything. It's red plastic party cups, recycled red plastic party cups. I thought it would be a good material, but it's pretty brittle, and people broke these, and I had to re I replaced them for them. Oh, okay. Maybe got a couple more to replace, but that was a choice of mine then. So I was messing with all these different materials and nylons and ABS and PETG, PLA, tough PLA. All, all the ones that went out were probably tough PLA. That was a good, that was a good uh, material. I think yours is a PETG. Yeah. Recycled, that's recycled bottles. Oh, that's kind of cool. 
that was important to me in the beginning that the recycled material, the filament's not that great. And I learned my lesson with that, uh, that petchy. That was a real pain to print. But this gotcha. stuff's a little harder too, you know, but it's, it's dense, but it's, you know, flexible. It's so tough. Like you can't break this stuff. That's sick. I, I definitely feel like if I ripped on this, it would snap in half. Oh yeah, totally. I broke a bunch of them just in my hand just to see how, how strong they were. Like I broke one of almost every material, I think on purpose. <laughs> I mean, yeah, quality testing. That one, it'll definitely break. If you try to stretch it over a big old tire, like you got a four or five or something, it'll probably break. My rear tire's a two, two, five, so hopefully. Yeah, you're good. It, and that's, and it'll work on a two, three, five, two, four, you know, if you're careful with it and stuff. Oh, and those more rigid ones are a little, they don't work as well, like smaller sizes, because it wants to bend a little too much. So that was the, I started making small, I made a small one for my trail bike. This was like a, one nine five, mm. but then realized I didn't need to. I'm like, this works. This worked on a sixteen inch. You know, as I started throwing it on every wheel I had, and I'm like, the way it just bends, and wraps around the tire. Like I got a twenty er and I just, you know, you just shove it in there. It's all under compression, so as long as it's straight, it's good. That's really cool, man. So it's, I don't know, it's been really awesome to see the response. I sent you that one screenshot of that kid local to me. His name's Storm. Like, there's no way that that kid ever would have known that you and I had ever talked before or anything like that. But he shared the the fly post right as we were sitting here having the conversation about doing this. I'm like, man, it's, yeah, it's cool to see it kind of blow up and spread the way that it is. And I don't know, it's, I, I'm kind of, that's what made me want to talk to you and learn more about these things and just kind of what you do in general. I mean, you literally have your printer going, it's running. It's going gonna, it's gonna to finish one while we're on here. That's, that'll be cool. Did you do that on purpose? Nope. <laughs> oh, okay, so I want to buy that one. That one? Yeah. Specifically? All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes sense. That's yours. <laughs> it only makes sense. So, yeah, uh, I just... It's, it's a crazy thing that, like, it's a simple problem that BMX riders have. And just, this is, like, my least favorite part of working on my bike is getting my wheel tension in the right spot, or chain tension correct, as well as my wheel in the right spot centered. And, like, you know, Alienation makes those circle jerks, which make it yeah. so it's repeatable and everything. But I like those. They're sweet and they're awesome. At the same time, like if you're between a size or you don't have them or anything like that, you can use something like this to get it just in the right spot. Or like, I only have one set right now, so my trails bike, boom, easy mode. And it's just such a simple but elegant thing. When also, we got pretty similar riding styles. You're way better than me, but like you drop into ice picks really hard. Like, you know, your wheel just shifts. Like there's not really much you can do about it. Like it's just, yeah. you know, so that's that's part of the repeatability, you know, like drop 10 ice picks and your wheel shifts a tiny bit. Now your brakes suck and then you're not on manuals and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it was, it was a little bit funny to see some of the negative comments on those posts because it was yeah. like... <laughs> If you guys realize that this isn't like a solid gold thing that costs a million dollars, you just toss it in your bag and use it. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Like, 
Well, the pricing, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not meant, it's not about the money, you know, the pricing was actually kind of hard to come up with and just kind of pick that 20 bucks and stuck with it and it works. But really, like, I think 3D print, prints, when I see them online, like, they're usually like models and stuff and they're really artistic and this, they'll sell for a hundred bucks or so, you know? Wow. So, and I think that's too, I mean, no one's going to buy that for a hundred bucks. Right. I wouldn't buy it, you know? Um, I'm trying to think of things like shapeways would be really like the ideal solution. Just have them print, produce, ship out, but they're going to want a hundred, hundred twenty dollars for that. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it. You know. So. Yeah. So like. That's the kind of the the where you get stuck with three D printing. You get just a tiny amount of manufacturing ability, but not enough to like really keep up with something like that. You know. Yeah. So, well, so I mean, get into some different options and. And we can get to that part of the conversation too, where it's like, where do you see this going? If you think about it, I mean, every single bike shop should have three of these. <laughs> I'd like to get them. Yeah, that make. Yeah, I'd like to get them to the bike shops for sure. I've had a lot of them hit me up already. I maybe wasn't didn't realize how many shops would hit me up and so many messages. Like I'll get back to all the shops and stuff, but <laughs> couldn't answer everybody in the last couple of days. I get it, man. And, and I don't know, it's just such a simple thing that I could see everybody having one of these just out of the pure ease and simplicity of how it, how easy it makes actually doing that. So like, have you thought about at all where you could take this? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I've been trying to talk to people and, um, getting advice. Like it's, it's, it's all kind of unexpected. So it wasn't, necessarily the goal but mm. now you know it's here ride the wave yeah absolutely get as many of these things made as you can as quick as you can <laughs> or the people look, that... look into the patents maybe like I, that's a long expensive road, but that's something i'm slowly kind of trying to talk to people about um yeah dude i'd be doing really that it's probably just making them like right now i just want to be able to make a bubble be able to get them out to people mm-hmm. um do you only have one machine? I got this one too. That'll probably turn into a. <clears throat> so these are these are like these cheap enders I buy. Mm -hmm. Both of these were like a used Ender three for like a hundred bucks. But that my good ones, my good ones down right now. Here, let's. <clears throat> I love that we're mobile. That's the sad state of my bar end machine right now. Oh no. That, Sorry. That looks like hell. <laughs> that one's got to get put back together. Yeah. Yeah, man, I would be, if I were you, I'd be looking into, like, patenting this thing yesterday and getting it. I mean, think about it. All of the places that could end up with these things, bike shops, people, factories that make bikes, so many different options and places it's awesome <laughs> it's been really cool like yeah the, all the positivity and stuff and it's uh, totally unexpected but really well i cool. mean we kind of talked a little bit That's, about that yeah i mean the comments are valid i mean they're 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 true like i you know people i, I don't know that's not the right word but if uh was that validating it's okay. a good validation you know it's cool 
Yeah, I mean, for people who are like, oh, change engineers or whatever, it's like, okay, so don't buy it. Like, <laughs> just because you do have change engineers doesn't mean that this doesn't have to exist. Change engineers too. Right. Well, Jeff, I talk about this, like, it's it's the chain tensioners. I, I almost think that the word, the name, is not correct. You know, maybe they should be called axle locks or something. Um, no, two, two tensions are chained with chain tensioners. Oh, yeah, good point. You know, like, it's a micro-adjustment down by the axle to adjust something way out here. Yeah. Adjust, adjust it out here, tighten it down there. You know, like, I use the chain tensioners to just lock it after. After the locks, after the axle nuts are tightened, then you tighten that um, the internal ones or whatever you got for chain tensioners, just kind of tighten them down, and that's your lock. It's like a like those um, alienation mm-hmm. slam. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, if you got tight brakes, I mean, <laughs> it's never worked for me. I don't know. That's never a good idea. Trying to trying to get everything straight with the little t- t- um, chain tensioners down at the end. Right, and just the same thing we keep talking about with repeatability of something like this in that when you have those dialed brakes, you want to get your wheel perfectly centered and adjust to that so yeah. that everything's set up. And and I think about, you know, when you're talking about, oh, if my wheel moves, then things suck. For me and anybody who uses dual lower cables, you can set it up wrong. And when you're talking about pulling your brakes and have it going from there... Like, if you use a dual lower cable, you can set it up so that your brake pads aren't at the center. Yeah. So if you do yeah. that and then you tighten it when you pull the brakes, well, then your wheel could be totally off anyways. Right. Well, maybe that's the missing part of what I wasn't explaining about. Like, yeah, the dual lower cables, I think that, that probably makes the difference there. Yeah, because you can get pretty far off centered. Exactly. So, so having something like this to get your wheel in the right spot and then, okay, now I adjust my brakes from here because this is centered and it just, it makes sense. And with the way that Jeff talks about these things, it's like, it's like it changed his life. <laughs> well, he's got a good idea too. Like he, he uh, we're talking about making like gyro spacers for adjusting it. Like, so you can, the bottom, the lower bottoms, you can just pull everything tight. You'll have a, a spacer in there everything tight as possible, tighten everything down, pull the spacer out. That's your, your pad spacing. Mm, that's Cause I always pulled everything really tight and then backed them off a little bit. So they were always just a little bit off. You know, that's the only, that's like the missing piece to get everything like perfect, perfect. You know, like just pull everything super tight, tighten it down, pull the thing out and your bottoms are perfect. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I always just loosen my barrel adjusters on each side a little bit and then get everything as close as I can. And it's never perfect right yeah it never ends up being but yeah too funny um so like it didn't start with this you know water designs didn't start with the tire wedgie where did it start um i guess with the barns the barns probably i i just bought a printer kit i bought a voron printer kit and built it last year um I didn't want to buy the enders right away. I wanted to buy the kit and learn how to build it. Um, I wanted to play with all the different materials and stuff and see the properties and TPU is just awesome. Like, I think that was one of the ones I was most excited about. It just seems so functional. Yeah. Um, probably the only thing you can print it, you can't break, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little flexible, but that's the toughness. Mm-hmm. So and- it's not rigid, but you print it thick enough. It's, it's dense, you know, it's not, Oh yeah, these bar ends like 
dude. Pretty. They're stout. That's for sure. <laughs> so, did you have any knowledge of three D printing before that, or did it well, all yeah, start I, with that? Well, yeah, I um, so I've I've been a three D modeler for like my whole career. Like I went to okay. I went to high school. I learned CAD in high school. Drew a BMX bike in three D. This was like ninety nine or something like that. <laughs> like AutoCAD twelve or fourteen, whenever like the first like uh three visual 3d uh, orbiting kind of like modern 3d kind of stuff came out with autocad and it was just right when i started and like i drew a, they showed me a couple commands i drew a whole bike my teacher saw it freaked out got me got me a scholarship and put my put my thing on a like art exhibits and stuff and i got a scholarship went to school and would thought i was gonna do like mechanical stuff like that um but then just fell into civil i like civil stuff it's really fun what does that mean I, um, well, I work in mining, so we reclaim um, uh, <clears throat> toxic mines, um, so abandoned toxic mines. They're really long projects, 20-plus years, but they go in, find all the toxic waste, dig it up, bury it, cap and cover. And, um, so it's pretty cool. That's, that's cool work. I like doing that. How so does... Earth, Earthworks modeler for, for my job. I was going to say, how does 3D modeling translate to doing that? <laughs> well whatever i draw becomes a file that goes into a big dozer and they and they build they 3d print the, the earth with my files and all. <laughs> wait that's what really, that's what they do the, the 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 with the dozers and everything on that large scale like it's all gps dozers then they kind of run themselves so it's almost like an army of little 3d printers out there moving the dirt around where <laughs> it's pretty wild you're blowing my mind right here. I'm going to need you to dumb it down for me a little bit because I don't even understand. Like, big stockpiles, ditches, roads, and all that, you know. And and you're modeling the thing itself and then putting a program in for them to do something Yeah, model the, the landscape, you know, model the groundwork. And then when it's done, it's it's just a big surface file. Um, and then they put it, they have their dozers are hooked up to like automated GPS machines and stuff. And they half halfway drive themselves, you know, and the, the dozer lifts a skier stid for it and stuff like that. It'll... Dude, that is the craziest thing I've <laughs> ever heard in my life. <laughs> It's pretty cool, and you know, like I, I just kind of like rode the wave. I was just the right age, I think, you know. And, um, well, I was coming up through that. The guys before me um, were a little bit hackish, I guess, with their methods, and they had to do what they had to do. And by that time, when the GPS dozers were coming out, the, you could start to see their mistakes. You could see like the triangles in the dirt, and you could see the folds and the seams, and that no one's having that, you know. No one's paying millions of dollars for that to be. <laughs> you know yeah big, big money construction no one wants that so that was kind of like why how i got recruited was to come in and make clean looking surfaces that don't that the dozers won't freak out on it's so insane <laughs> i never like when you say oh my job is like modeling i'm like okay cool he's he's making 3d models for things for companies like shoes or you know <laughs> products and things no i'm actually modeling the earth and then subsurface stuff too the, the subsurface stuff is the fun the, the most fun you know like well i get a lot of underground mine um maps 100 year old maps that they're like drawn on linen and paper and they go and scan them and they send them to me and then we 
model it and make big 3D models of like what all the underground work. Literally Minecraft for adults. What the hell? <laughs> I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> Let alone like that. Okay, so I mean connecting all these dots in my head right now. Which just thinking about it. You you could go to art school. Like think about this for some people. Did it just finish? Yes. Someone asked earlier was if that was a grow tent that you have a 3D printer in. <laughs> well, it does say grow on it, right? That's why it was like, what? Comgrow, that's the company I bought the, the uh, from. It's not, not the first person that said that. That's funny. It is Colorado, I think. <laughs> well, I didn't make it as a grower, so I started making 3D printer stuff, and it just worked out. <laughs> okay, I got boss for someone said you should build a sub to visit the Titanic, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, it's five inches. Very, yeah, can't build a sub. Sorry. Let's see that thing. Oh, you got to clean it up a little so bit. So, yeah, it has like a little skirt around it because this stuff's actually heavy, and I was having problems with these falling mm. where the other material wasn't. So, I got a cuticle cutter and just cut this shit off. Gotcha. But anyways, so like any kid could go to art school for, you know, 3D modeling and learn how to model things. Whether it might be like you could even go into, you know, character modeling for Marvel movies or something That's like that. Kind of what I thought I wanted to do. That's honestly. like the conventional route of 3D modeling as a career for people who go to a school like that. And now like. The world we live in in 2023, you can model your bike as a kid, go get this scholarship, and then end up modeling tunnels and caves and stuff from a hundred years ago for people to come in and reclaim. Oh hell yeah, sick! Which is so cool, and it just kind of gives. A little bit of perspective maybe to someone who's listening to just realize like there's a lot of unconventional ways of supporting yourself out there yeah, that one's yours nice. <laughs> it's really good how you 3d printed that black name in there yeah <laughs> man so crazy to think about that so so you started water with design and modeling experience and the bar ends were step one and you kind of like where, where does it go from the very beginning yeah i you know like i i was always following 3d printing to being into modeling and it just they it always kind of sucked honestly and um until recently they got good enough and i think a lot of it was patents you know the industry's kind of in a weird spot like everybody's got patents and it just jams the whole thing up so mm. like um, you can't sell certain types you know th these this is maybe about as good as they could sell for a while I... but you can buy a kit and build your own you know so i did, I did that build a better machine um because i felt like you know this is this these vorons are finally good enough for i don't want to mess around with you know, rails and stuff but um Uh, she lost where I was going with that. Just kind of talking about how things started. Yeah. Um, yeah, the bar ends, I guess. So then... Kind of bar end. 
started making like these plain looking ones. Um, Did you start with TPU? Yeah, that was the only thing that. Well, now I, you know. I think I did try PLA first, and then realized that, that was not. Yeah. Gonna work. But then, like, started doing like multicolored ones. Oh, that's super cool! I remember seeing all of this because, oops. So I remember seeing all of this because, I looked this up. We first interacted on the internet in 2018. Yeah, I was gonna say we've been chatting for a long time, and it's just cool to talk to you. You so, were. You lip lords was like one of the first things that got me on Instagram. Really, people were telling me, You're lip lord. I'm like, What are you talking about? <laughs> That's so sick. Yeah, I kind of suck for falling out of posting on that, but life's no, crazy. Was, like, that's that was you pumping people up a long time ago, right from the beginning. You know, like, I always thought that was really cool of you. You know, like, you were pumping everybody up, and you kind of brought back that style, made it cool again. Like, thanks. So, that was 2018, and so I started following you based on that because i think did you do a custom upper gyro cable setup at one point yeah it's still uh so i and you got you're just all right here <laughs> yeah this is my main cave brought everything down here um but yeah this so this is i got this bike so i was on the i was on the list for a layered for a little while and then COVID hit yeah he told us all hey i don't know what's going on with my suppliers so i called mike at uh, defcon 4 mike maloney i think okay sorry if i got that wrong dutch bikes and asked him about doing like this internal you might have to go on the other side of the light so that the, the window isn't in the background oh that works too So for anyone listening to this on any kind of listening platform, you're probably going to want to watch it because there's a lot of visual stuff going on. So I hit, I, you know, I always wanted this idea, this internal routing. I think a lot of people probably thought of that before, but, um, yeah. Um, I wanted to do it because I wanted it to be, I had all this scaffolding on here, you know, like all those removable tabs and all this stuff i had like carbon fiber tubes running down oh yeah um making my with uh the liners through there and stuff but this puts it all in the frame it's super solid it's a little bit heavier but so did it ever did you ever have the same did you ever do my custom upper cable at one point oh like how you loop you loop like the cable yeah or something i haven't tried that yet but i but do you use the you use the NARPs on your gyro though, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I was remembering. So it was like that long ago. I remember you doing sit down ice pick stuff, and then at some point you had though your upper cable set up, and I was like, "Yo, that's sick!" So I remember back then, twenty eighteen, getting stoked, and so I kind of was like following. When did you start exactly? Oh, wait, isn't it on something? It's on one of these, right? Maybe not. But when did you start doing this stuff? Oh, I guess last year. It's only really only been like a year. So I rem yeah, so I've been following you from the beginning with this and it's been really cool to see the journey because you know I remember bar ends popping up and then you've done other stuff too, right? 
Well, the stem was probably my favorite. The stems are sick. Jeff also says repeatedly all the time, the best stem I've ever ridden in my life. <laughs> you know, also a brake, you know, uh, all about the brake stiffness, you know, like me. So made these tabs extra thick in the vertical because almost every gyro plate I have flexes. Yeah. So this keeps it um, stiff, but then also you have enough threads there that you can thread down your, your barrel adjuster all the way, not have it stick out the bottom. Because if it sticks out the bottom, it limits your it limits your gyro. These guys right here, if you let them go out the bottom, your gyro will hit it when you pull. How convenient that I just have this gyro sitting <laughs> here and like that. So yeah, you and did the bar? But that was something I've been drawing like stems and sprockets for a long time. Like really wanting to do that kind of stuff, you know, and it's just, man, it's really difficult, especially, you know, got a lot of money, you know, it's super expensive getting that kind of stuff made. Um, got like six of them made, you know, sent them out. Jeff bought the first one. That's awesome. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff was pumped on it before he, they even finished, you know, he's awesome like that. <laughs> did you, so did the bar ends come before the stems? Man, I don't remember. I feel like the stems might have come first, but I, I think can't stems remember first. Either way, though, so you, you did a stem. Like, you've got this design experience. You did a stem. I remember you also did pedals. Yeah. Got some pedal bodies. Which is cool, because that's like a take on the grandstand, right? Yeah, it's a grandstand V2 clone, so it really needs their axles and things. So it's not really something you can really sell or anything, but you'd have to buy the pedal. But those pedals are cheap, you know, and buy them. Um, mm. 20 bucks or something like that they're pretty cheap um, but it's just another thing that you've made and it's it's cool to see you making all of these things and what i mentioned to you last night was like you were talking about how it's like crazy see it taking going crazy right now and like riding the wave and stuff and it's like this is what happens when you just love doing something and you're consistent with it and you you just keep going until you reach a point where like something just happens where it like takes off and you're like holy crap i never expected any of this but it's like it was always gonna happen because you're just doing this because you like it and making right. stuff that you're stoked on right and that's the that's the thing you know just do what you do what you like you know which is so rad and i'm i i don't know it makes it like pure a little bit whenever <laughs> you know like well, you, I got a lot of inspiration from Matt, uh, Matty, yeah, at the yeah. Oh yeah, making. I didn't mean that as a pun. God damn it! <laughs> I always liked what he did. I saw, you know, he was making pads, and they weren't that popular. But I could tell he was just pumped on it. and He was gonna do it no matter what. So, and I bought a bunch of stuff from him. I liked it, and then to see him kind of take off, like that was awesome, you know. And right. I I never. It was the same thing. You just do it because you like it, you know. And, Absolutely, and I never. I never knew that the yeah was like a smaller thing that this one dude was making all of it because I saw it all at Ray's. So like there's oh. a whole case of pads and all that stuff at Ray's and you see people with them and you're like, dang, like that's sick. 
this is cool, but I never would have expected it would be just one guy making every single one of those pads that I saw. And and then when I found that out, like just like with you, I'm like, all right, we need to do a podcast. I want to learn more. And it's it's sick to see people like you guys doing this stuff. So it was always going to happen for you. And like you made the tire wedgie. Did you make this with intent to eventually like sell them? Or did you just make it as a thing for you? I kind of just made it for me. Like, it's just a thought I had for a really long time, really. Like, I, and it seemed like a hard model to, mo- it, it's simple, but hard, you know, like it didn't quite make sense in my head. Like I couldn't fully visualize it, you mm-hmm. know, and that didn't, um, you know, how I was going to make it, you know, like I could, why even draw it if I don't know how I'm going to make it kind of thing. Yeah. Know? But then I had the 3D printer. I'm like, draw this <laughs> right and and so i mean my brain's just going to like alternative ways of making something like this you know you got injection molding and things like that but can you do something that's like tpu with those other manufacturing methods yeah you can injection mold tpu yeah, oh okay sure. this is the molds are really expensive oh yeah it's like 10 um, 15 20 grand depending on what you're doing yeah um yeah, I'm not, sh- and I'm not sure about that one. Like how much that would be. Like the model's done. The model's pretty good, so it wouldn't be a bunch of prototyping. That's that's what the, the 3D printing's for, you know. Yeah, it's just molds are crazy expensive, and then you got to deal with all that stuff. So, yeah, to, to do it yourself is another thing too. Is like, you send one of those out, and you, people are stoked on it. You're like, I had my hands on that, and I sent it to you. And that's there's pride there. <laughs> well, they're one at a time, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, is there anything else besides the pedals, the stem, the barns? What else have you made? So I got these things too. This is unfinished print, but this is um, some I guess bushing material. Is that, that a you bottom can... bracket? Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't finished this idea yet, but I I do have in my bike. I have a 3d printed bottom bracket like no real bearings they're just pushings whoa how does that hold up for you it's fine like they're they put them in like industrial equipment and stuff you know like <laughs> i don't think we're going to be able to break them um it's a little bit more stiction like it, it holds the pick the cranks kind of in place mm. and then but as soon as you start pedaling like you don't feel that friction it's only off the beginning so it's kind of cool like it just kind of holds in there and you can still kickflip sometimes and so what you're saying is for all these park riders out here who don't want their tail whips, their pedals to spin on their tail whips and things like that, it's perfect. And it's lighter. And it can never break. I mean they're un- like unbreakable. That's Dude. like How do they work with crank flips? <laughs> <laughs> eh. Not good? Okay. I, I, I can't ride those in my park bike. <laughs> Actually, I can't ride those on a trails bike. I love doing crank flips at the trails. Sorry, I can't ride those. <laughs> I don't have it on my trail bike either. Fair enough. On the skate park bike, it's kind of cool. I just think that's so rad. So, like, you're doing bottom bracket. It's, it's just cool to see the development of something like this. And the fact that this is even possible. Because think, you know, in the beginning... It, a BMX even, you know, there's companies like Profile who started because of a guy who's making a thing or even DK. I 
I don't know the exact history on that, but it started with a guy making a thing in his garage or wherever he made it at. But, like, you're not going to be making pedals unless you're going to machine pedals out of metal. I don't know. It's just cool that it even can That exist. all seems so far out of reach, you know? Exactly. For sure, that's the best thing about the 3D printing, just allowing people to do that kind of stuff. So crazy. Some people are already like, this stuff's crazy. Uh, Brandon Kern, I don't know if you recognize that name or not, but he's been in the chat the whole time. He's like, yo, bush bottom brackets are sick. I run acetal. Ace T-A-L. That's how you spell that. Delrin with roller thrust bearings. Okay. Similar. Whoa. He also, he also asked earlier, sorry, I missed this, Brandon. Uh, he said, are you planning on entering the carbon fiber filament world? Any recommendations on the best carbon fiber materials? I don't have many recommendations on that. I actually haven't printed any um, of that. I know a lot of people do. I'm not that, it's a little gimmicky maybe, I think, you know, for what I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. It's not really carbon fiber that goes yeah. like, across the part it's just powder you know it really just makes it lighter and makes it um stick less you know it makes it easier to print it actually makes it weaker Interesting. Um, but it's carbon fiber and you can say hey, carbon fiber you know but um really with all the materials honestly i think pla is really up there <laughs> for being like the cheapest easiest one like it's it can be up there gotcha. and the other stuff's not i don't know i gotcha but yeah um Eventually. I don't really have a need for it, I guess, um, until I do, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I've it's really seen... stiff. It's really rigid, like if I need a rigid part or something, like pedal pedal bodies maybe. You want a little toughness there too. I think the tough PLA on the pedal bodies is probably the best. Are you running those carbon fiber brakes? I don't, man. I want them. I talk to, I talk to him all the time. I want to I get a pair from him, but I haven't been buying bike parts and haven't been messing my bike, my bike much. I gotcha. I mean, it, I think it's really cool just to talk about like the BMX maker community. Oh, yeah. That's kind totally. of what it is. I, I hadn't really yeah. thought of like the right label for it. But then it clicked in my head. You know, Adam Savage with his tested YouTube channel, he's always talking about makers. Oh, that's what they are. They're BMX makers. makers. <laughs> well, yeah, the carbon fiber brakes, like you said, that's Maj, right? Yeah. yeah they're Maj. Okay. So. Want to get everybody's screen names right, you know? I don't yeah. know everybody's real names all the way, but my um, the other mod. Another one of my buddies uh, is in Sweden. He makes road bike parts, and he uses a lot of that uh, carbon fiber nylon. Um, for he makes a ton of stuff, That's a bunch cool. of adapters and stuff. Probably a quarter of his bike is stuff he made for it, adapters and spacers and things and, um, that's really cool to see too and he's got the same machine like we talk all the time so that's that's pretty cool um the maddie yeah Matt, maddie yeah <laughs> yeah he's he's one outside of the 3d printing space that's awesome to see as well and and then you just talk what zach of yeah of course zach right zach, zach, pioneered, zach kind, of, kind of pioneered it all for us i think really i think so like he was the first one to like got get some like attention for it bmx i think well there was another dude in ohio uh johnny he was making stuff on youtube years oh, before zach even was yeah, and he yeah. was like riding it and testing it like he made uh 
front hub. He made a stem. I think he made a sprocket or something. He even made his own grips. Yeah, yeah. I watched all his videos too, and I like I I got a resin printer because that's what he was using. Uh. I didn't like that thing much at all, but yeah, he he made a hub shell and rode it, and you know he made a sprocket. I made a sprocket, tried to ride it, and the thing exploded. Do you remember that? I remember that. <laughs> that's funny. It's it's just really cool to see that there's this like community of people that you know 20 years ago this really couldn't exist in the same way yeah you've always had people who made frames and, and bars and things like that you know you got your layered you got the other smaller white house uh there's a bunch of those work bmx with john quartz there's a bunch of those guys who you could call those guys makers too they're paragon. what's that paragon paragon that's another one trying to remember all my friends i talked to on there yeah well that one's sweet because they're making sprockets and what else it's a pretty cool bar ends and um stems yeah it's just cool to see all of that because throughout Derek gerard makes some stems and sprockets like those are cool i got a couple of his parts or one of his parts so there's this maker community in bmx and then throw 3d printing into the mix and, and you got all these cool people who are making stuff for themselves and their friends to ride and i think that's such a cool thing that it can even exist yeah i mean i, I printed some of zach's pedals you know i kind of maybe started there you know um printing his stuff yeah it's cool to see his stuff when he when he can find time away from the other stuff he makes all the time to do the BMX stuff, but like he's got so many smart ideas. That bottom bracket buddy thing. Oh yeah, like, that's, that's genius. Cool. That was awesome. Such genius, and he's just throwing it up for anybody to print if they want to. Yeah, he's real into that. Or it seems like he's real into that Thingiverse free crowd. You know, like that. Yep. Give it to everybody, kind of, kind of crowd, which is cool. I like that too. You know? Oh, absolutely! It's such a cool thing to see. People have asked me for the, the model file for the tool, but not just yet. <laughs> Maybe I'll offer it for download or something soon. Patent it first, and then yeah, yeah. buy. You have to pay like whatever to download it. And it's a little risky for me because I haven't sent it to anyone yet. So. Yeah, I would just I would hold off on that. It's scary, just because. <laughs> yeah, we don't even talk about those types of things. <laughs> Well, it was kind of funny the fly post. I saw some of those comments right away. They were like, "You already stole my man's tool already!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he made it for us. <laughs> but that's cool. BMX, you know, it's kind of self-regulating uh, that way. Like, that they, people would blow a fuse if that happened. You know? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, what do you think the future of this like maker space in BMX looks like? I don't know. Um, I think the, just how it limits you to not having a, a massive manufacturing capabilities kind of keeps it where it's at for me right now. And maybe, I mean, maybe this is about it for, for most people, but this is, you know, a few machines, you know, making some of your own stuff, making other people's stuff. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like the tech, who knows what the technology is going to do? Like the machines are getting crazy. Those patents are running out. People are they're starting to sell machines that are really good now. Like that bamboo labs that just came out not too long ago. It's like 1500 bucks or something, but it's like 
better than it's it's the same price of what I paid for my kit, but it's the same machine, but probably better with multi material and all that. It's like you just want to buy something and go and just get that, you know. Yeah. So like with the current capabilities of what people can buy three D printing wise, like what's kind of the where's the line right now for what you could feasibly do? Line how and what in like what just like I mean you're not like how that Johnny dude in Ohio made a stem and he was riding it for a while. Like, <laughs> yeah. like how far we're we're not to the point where you can three D print a stem, are we? It's never they'll so the pre the three D printing stuff's never gonna be as strong or as good as a metal piece. Yeah. Know? Like and it's never gonna like the pedals, like they're never gonna be as strong or as good at it can never be as good as like the injection molded polycarbonate mm. bodies, you know, like it's impossible. Um, but it's ninety percent, ninety five percent of it, you know. That's good enough and you know, you can make your own and pedal pedal bodies make sense because the pins wear out, you know, and just print a new print a new set and got new fresh pins and the stem, yeah, I don't some of his parts I was I was pretty surprised he got away with some of those. Um and he was doing legit stuff. And that well that that resin is different. It's a bit stronger. Like that's good stuff. Um but yeah, I don't know about running that for very long. <laughs> so maybe it's not that the It's definitely a prototyping kind of thing still. Right. So maybe it's less of like what the extent of people are actually making as far as parts goes. It and it is more of like more people are making their own parts at home. Right. In the That's future. Kind of is that so? Like I remember when with Zach's pedals and there was some some drama with that. Are you stealing money from BMX? And it's like, you literally have to buy the pedals to <laughs> to use his pedals. So. Yeah, right? You have to have the spindles. <laughs> yeah. I feel about these, you know? Like, if, if I were to sell those, like, people would have to buy the, the JC, you know? The, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're pretty much selling their parts more for them, so. Right. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I could definitely see more and more people making their own stuff and like I think what was pretty cool about the whole fly thing is that it's one of if not the first time it's definitely one of the first times that we're seeing a big mainstream BMX company you know getting something 3D printed albeit it's not a actual part but it's a 3D printed thing from like a maker in the BMX space and, and I think that I don't know like do you see a world where that happens more often? Possibly. Um, I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, it, it's there's only so many things you can make, but you know, the possibilities of what you can make. Uh, only so many things you can make on a bike on a BMX bike. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you can make whatever you can imagine. So. Right. People are gonna imagine. Right. Well, I, you know, I could see it's tough because stuff like bar ends come from the molds and whatever that already exist. But maybe in the future, there's a world where we see certain things that do get 3D printed or we outsource to a American or whoever 3D printed BMX rider to make this small run of something. 
like so as 3D printing as its main manufacturing process? Potentially. I mean, I think there probably is already a lot of 3D printing prototyping going on in BMX. Yeah. There's print farms and things where you can send them, you know, print them, uh, they can crank them out, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of the 3D printing is building the machines themselves. You're printing the parts for the machines themselves, you know, and that's kind of a lot of the fun of it, but uh, when you can, and I think making something, pre printing something useful has been a struggle for everybody, really. Yeah. And I kind of like this tool thing. I, I think it's more, I, in the bar ends, like I, I, I credit the material more than anything. Like it's kind of crazy. You can print this stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. I went to, um, a 3d printer festival in, uh, down the street, like maybe like last month and saw a bunch of machines and stuff and other people were making stuff. And there's the, the coolest stuff I saw was other people making stuff out of TPU. There was a guy making purses and wallets, it's like fashion purses. You know, and I showed him my my bar and I'm like, hey, this like a year. I showed him the, the busted up ones. You know, this is like a year. He's like, oh, cool, because I've had my wallet for a year. You know, and of course, there's nothing wrong with this wallet because it's <laughs> he's not abusing it. But it's right. like those those things are never gonna fall apart either. You know, and the you know the fact that you can just print that stuff and sell them to fashion, you know, fashion prices like that's wild. Yeah, so maybe we see companies doing 3D printing like products that aren't BMX parts with someone like you maybe or you know how like zach was doing magnets for little devil stuff like that yeah that's cool and that, that's like I, I i like that stuff because it's like the little custom things you know like that's the spirit of it all you know right they did the they brought the little devil valve caps back zach made those it's that's it's, cool <laughs> it's so sick to see that and i just i love that we have this community to do things like that in BMX. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think back in the day, it was just t-shirt companies were the small companies, you know, it was about all you could do unless you want to spend thousands on getting sprockets and stems made, you know? <laughs> right. Or you're the, the person with the knowledge to actually make something and you're cranking them out. Yeah. And that's just rare. I look at like RNC BMX in that example it's just like this one guy with one machine cranking stuff out designing it making it shipping it doing everything and that's wild to think about he does a lot of cool stuff too yeah i have the aluminum cranks right outside my door just waiting oh. on my pink eye to go away so i can film a video making them or putting them on oh man <clears throat> Yeah, they're cool. I like those. Those uh, titanium cranks were cool. Like I, I like what Ryan's doing too. Like that's it's kind of same deal. Like he seems like well, he was gone for a little while. Like he kind of popped up and had these cranks, and I'm like, man, buy them while you can. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah. But he seems like he's pretty consistent now. To, you know, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see that, and just to see the different stuff that he's making, where he's. You know, he made those titanium ones. Now he's doing these aluminum ones, 24 millimeter. And I don't know. It's cool to see. I just think this whole entire world of all of this stuff is interesting to learn about. So I love talking to people like you. And like, so what is your process 
your design process look like? You know, you you think of the higher wedgie, <laughs> and and how does that go? You said that you've been thinking about this for a long time, so you probably started a long time ago too, designing it. In yeah, your head. it's just been well now. Like it's just been thoughts for that long. Like I didn't even t try to draw it until last year. Um, what does that process look like? Well, I have so many ideas that I, it was too far down the list really. But then once I started drawing, I get, I got my some software and I started drawing sprockets and stems and got all the stems things done that I wanted to do. And, and I got cool templates with that, that can change size and, and, um, and all that stuff. So when I was done with that, then started moving on to like all these other parts, like was drawing, you know, the draw the bottom bracket, draw a brake lever. I got a bunch of little break pieces I was working on and then so I started to try to just draw like preliminary pieces just so I had the files so I could remember <laughs> oh yeah thoughts you know and I come back to it and um the tie and the tie the wedge went quick like it was like I drew that in a couple hours and then I printed it overnight and I made that video like five five thirty in the morning like just the, here's my here's this thing I made her <laughs> I remember the first one that you posted of it and, uh, but then yeah that taken off made me really want to get it back uh, get to refining it and stuff and so that all went pretty quick it really like i from first drawing it to selling a few of them to people's hat like all within a month that's amazing it all happened really quick <laughs> i feel like anything good like that that is just makes sense happens very quickly it seems like it well maybe from the point of like getting it to that point of being able to get it out there yeah and then people and then it blowing up it's like the people who realize there's a wave that needs they can ride the momentum of keep it moving and the other part of that too is like this probably isn't work to you is it what's that this probably isn't work to you, is it? Oh, no. Well, no. No, not in that sense. It's work, but it's not work. And I, But I like my work, too, so it's, you know, I'm lucky that way. You know, I, I, I work from home, so I got my office upstairs, and then this stuff's in the basement, so I can do both, kind of. Yeah. This is pretty passive, you know. That makes sense. But yeah, it's been it's been a little hard to concentrate on my real job the last couple of days. <laughs> I had some deadlines. I I still got some stuff I got to get out tomorrow, but oh, man, we'll get it. <laughs> huh? I don't want to like reveal anything too soon, but Brandon's asking if you have any new products in the works. Um. Don't don't reveal anything too soon, but if there's anything you would want to talk about. What's, what's Brendan talking about? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. He just said, Kevin, any new products in the works? Oh, not not currently. Well, I, well, I need to fix that bar end machine, and I want to make some more bar ends. Like, I was working on, like, this is the stuff I was working on before it broke. Um, oh, oh, yeah, I remember those. Section 8 bar ends. How does that even work? Like, I have these Lip Lords ones, and they're two different colors, and it's, like, all one surface. 
Tech Bico. Yeah, Tech Bico. I got some more colors with them coming. How does this even work? <laughs> so it's all manual swaps. Like, it's not automated. That's what why these are taking me a while to, to make. Um, but all the color changes, this prints down. Yeah. So the color changes happen right away. Mm. So the first layers take takes a while for the first couple layers but then after that you just let it run and then there's some lettering on there i gotta do a filament swap there too and then let the rest run oh these are green screen. and then hope it doesn't die halfway through <laughs> so like is it prompting you to switch because it it'll knows? pause yeah it's all in the code it'll pause um you, you set all the color yeah you know, the colors in the software and stuff and the way I have it now it just pauses so I can do it manually and I built a little machine it's like a it's a MMU multi-material unit but it really what it does is it'll pull the filament out switch and then push filament back in so it automates that swap mm. the TPU is just and my machine the, the one I built like it wasn't that great and um and it was just a lot easier to just do it by hand I gotcha um, but once I can automate that, man, I'll, those are, those will be going a lot quicker. Yeah. So oh, this one completely green screens. So how do you feel about that lip lord versus lip lords? I I actually like struggled Ooh. with that a little bit. I was like, <laughs> I hadn't really thought not, about it. It's not cocky if someone else calls you lip lord. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it because I'll be honest if with you. you. Made that for yourself, I'd be like, bro. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> would not make that for myself <laughs> so i struggled with that i was like would add the s or not i thought about that s a little too much <laughs> i think if we ever were to do this as like a product to sell it would have to be lip lords right right and that's, then, that's you only only you get that <laughs> well it would be like and then the only other people who get the lip lord thing are one like sponge because he's the other person I started those videos with, and then oh, gotcha, okay, right, and, to the, the guys, yeah, and then two sure. make it like a prestigious thing where like you get a set of lip lords bar ends or lip lord bar ends. Oh yeah, that's that would be a cool prize for instead of like a, I mean the tags are cool too, but you could shoot people a bar end set or something that'd be kind of fun. Oh yeah, well I don't have that kind of postage money, <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, just stuff like yeah, that. Tag a lot of people. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I like completely fell out of posting on there, but it's just life is so damn busy. It's all good. You're killing it. I mean, you got you got your own show going on now. You know, like I felt like that was just your beginning in a way. Yeah, kind of. I just I don't know. I love posting stuff on there and getting people stoked and making people like, oh man, I want to get on that page. Like hell yeah, you do. Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me ideas for sure. Like all the time I, when I watch it, man, I want to try that. I remember that one. Mm -hmm. uh, Brandon said, get a bamboo printer. Won't that make life easier for the multicolor? Yes. Yes. Just yes. But so with the bamboo, it's closed source. Um, you can't tinker with it. Uh, so that's kind of... I don't. I like messing with them too much, but maybe my crux too because I break them <laughs> and I gotta fix them again. So maybe, maybe that's a maybe that's not a bad thing to have one that you can't mess with. Interesting. What is what is there to mess with on them? Um. 
Well, the a lot of the, it's the, the electronics, mostly the so I'll pull the motherboard, the controller board out and put a Raspberry Pi in there and a different controller board. Um, then you can control it all from your computer. And then you have this firmware that you can modify like right there on the web on the web page. And it's just more convenient versus um, some of these older ones where you'd have to like flash it. You'd have to pull the card, reboot it, flash it, and a bunch of pain in the butt stuff. You know, and this you just change the code, hit save, and it's that's the biggest thing. So you can make all these software changes and just go hard on that. Um, and then some a little better hardware. Um, I gotcha. The the hot end probably the the more the most important part. You know, like this. So this one came with the sprite extruder and it wasn't that great but like this is what actually heats up the filament places it like this is probably the most important part of the machine gotcha i think it's not bad to get a cheap machine and put a good it's decent this enter three with a big uh2 i think on it and man it's it's printing just as well as my my boron is that kind of like how they say with photography that you can, if you have better lenses with not as good of a camera, you get better results than not, or better camera with not as good of lenses? Possibly. Yeah, I'm not real into photography, but that makes sense. Like your lens is probably your most important piece, you know? Yeah, it's the glass that gives you your image. Interesting. I just try to find places and ways to parallel things so I can understand it better. <clears throat> huh. So, those carbon brakes, how do you feel about those? Do you think they're going to, they'd be good for like freestyles just as much as Flatland? I think they're cool. Like, I definitely want to try a pair. I'm um, interested to hear how people do with them. I would imagine they probably have a little bit more flex than like something that's like a real hard aluminum that's that's been forged or something, you know, like, but of course it would. But yeah. um, that was that was really cool because there were some YouTube videos going on last year about a guy was making chopped carbon fiber pieces and everybody, we were all watching them. And I think I was talking to Maj about that too, like probably and a few other people too. Like, I think those videos inspired a lot of people made it look pretty possible to like 3d print some kind of mold and then stuff it with carbon fiber and, uh, oh is that how that works yeah so he's he's um he's got a mold that he made out of i think plastics a big delrin or something i think he made himself i think he machined it um but then you put wax or something on there and epoxy and you just start shoving the the, the carbon fiber in there and you get it saturated with the epoxy and then clamp it cure it pull it apart. Huh. that's and cool that's real, that's real carbon fiber yeah you know, that's, that's cool stuff that's really cool brandon said they're sick mark is a mad scientist <laughs> his wheels do you see his, his spoke his uh rope spokes oh those are wild <laughs> that's it was pretty cool the bird spokes he made his own oh i didn't know that yeah he Dang. made his whole like he made a whole jig and like made his whole system of lacing it and all kinds of stuff <laughs> wow so he really is a mad scientist yeah 
the other Maj won't quote you a price unless you're serious. Nor <laughs> <laughs> <we> should. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, I mean, speaking on that, is like custom bar ends something that you're down to do for people? You know, like you did the Tech Bico ones. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I really want to be doing. Like this, this tool has been owning me for like the last month. Like I, I switching the material, like I had to change the machine all up. Um, I was kind of running in stock with the PLA, but then I knew that I wanted, I wasn't going to get like this results with that. So I took like a month to like rebuild this. Now it's autopilot. Now it's going. So now I can go fix that one, but that's what I want to get back to. Like I have a, that those section eight bar ends, like I digitized the entire, um, I got some help in um, the design. So like I, and I got a real small nozzle. Like I think I can make those, like that full design with the blood and everything. Like it's gonna be cool. Oh, that's, nice. That's one of my next ones. That is really cool. So it's like, <clears throat> if somebody wanted to have like their dog on their bar end. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. It's whatever you can imagine. I mean, it's whatever can fit on that um, little space. I mean, I think the the full Section 8 uh, logo is going to be a pretty good example, like how detailed it can actually get. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't want to do any like much more that that detailed. But most people's designs are two, three colors, you know, and pretty bold. And they come out pretty good. And you could do stuff like this embossed or extruded, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So there's, that's a, that's a bridging. So like it's face down and then mm -hmm. the letters and then it goes across, it'll go across it, it bridges across it. So that was, those are kind of cool, hard to get the bridging to not droop down and look like crap. Oh, that makes sense. So that's like, what's the process look like for somebody who sees something like this and is like, oh, I want to get some bar ends made? I guess just contact me, uh, message me on Instagram and stuff. I probably have a few. I got like a, a, a list now. Like I probably got about four or five people I got to take care of um, first. Uh, so there's a little bit of a wait there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm cool with doing all that stuff, especially if it's like a small. I can only do like 10 sets at once, you know. So if it's just like one person, I mean, three or four sets, you're, you're, that's a lifetime supply like those things aren't going to break you know so i like give people a couple extra sets yeah ride ride one save one give one to your friend whatever you know. huh that's super cool so uh what i mean you can talk about cost stuff with people if they want to reach out to you but do you ever feel like this could be the kind of thing that you would want to do full-time if it got to that point I don't know. I don't know. I like my job. <laughs> yeah. A lot of security. Like I was saying, those job, those projects, 20 year projects, I have like six or seven of them that I'm in charge of. Jeez. I'm set in retirement. Like I'm not. <laughs> so I'm, I like that security. No doubt. That's, that'd be hard to, <laughs> but you got to just BMX can't afford me, you know? Well, I mean, that's also a thing too, but like a product like this, you take this thing to the freaking Shark Tank. <laughs> they're like, "Okay, we can take, we can help you with manufacturing. This is your idea, <laughs> you know." Yeah, I mean, some funding on that would be. That would be, that would be what would get that tool moving. Is that needs money? 
codes and patents and hear that Mr. Wonderful whatever the hell they call him <laughs> Kevin is his name Kevin too? I think it is here you go his name's Kevin your name's Kevin just be like look it's a good product <laughs> that's funny did you get to use that thing yet? I actually I haven't yet if I'm being honest <laughs> I kind of forgot that I had it and then I was like oh wait I do have this thing <laughs> that was in the big box I sent you the if I was being honest about it I was like I don't know how Park Tool would feel about this <laughs> yeah yeah true but I didn't I hate it blue for me, so <laughs> give you a blue one yeah well I don't know if they would care either because <laughs> Park Tool doesn't make a tire wedgie so it's like, it's not a conflict of interest if they don't make a tire wedgie yet. Maybe you should contract with Park Tool and then they could. I love that. They could buy that from you. I'd Truman. <laughs> Calvin. Is it Calvin? That'd be easy for right? to sell it right now. Dude. <laughs> I will send Truman a message and uh, show him this thing. Be like, an idea but I don't know man I just I think it's awesome what you're doing and I really wanted to like highlight and show people not only like what you're doing but what is possible just with like the knowledge that you could learn from the internet yeah yeah and well so I mean I had my formal my formal training and work experience and all that but yeah, you can, man, I, I still learn stuff on, I mean, that's the best place to learn all that stuff. I mean, even still, like, with my, my with my day job, like, that's, uh, I would Google stuff. Civil 3D, this, that, you know, like, you have to, like, that's, video, there's just so much information out there. It's a little maybe hard to get, jump into, like, Fusion 360 or something like that, but it's so it's such a popular platform. There's so much help and stuff and, you know, right. And there's, it's accessible. It's just, you a lot of everywhere. capability. There's forums where people can learn and ask questions. Oh yeah. YouTube videos everywhere. And it's like, I love talking about these kinds of things because if there's a 14 year old kid out there who ends up seeing this and is like, Whoa, that's really cool. It's like, you can learn this stuff by the time you le leave high school and have enough knowledge, even just from the modeling standpoint, to be able to get a job in modeling, 3D modeling, uh, fashion modeling. It's not too hard to, like, you can get, a, I, I only have an associate's, like, I only went, I got a, an associate's in AutoCAD, a CAD design, like, then that was it, two years, I was out and started working, you know, like, you can get uh a degree pretty quick and it's not so reliant on a degree like you you don't need a bachelor's to get the job kind of thing you know like it's right. just it's it's a little bit more laborish you know so like you just prove you can do the work and exactly you know. it's the kind of field where i mean just like video if you learn it at a young enough age or you just learn it all yourself and you can prove that you know what you're doing you know with video you've got your demo reels and stuff like that with modeling i'm sure that's the whatever you call the resume that goes with being a 3d modeler or 
studio, maybe, yeah. <clears throat> whatever it might be. And for that kid who's like, oh, I don't know what I like doing, or you want to do something in the BMX world, but you don't know how or what it might be, it's like, this is an avenue that, I mean, 3D modeling is something that takes, I mean, every single company who makes a part does 3D modeling. For sure. And it's, it's, it's the way of prototyping right now, you know, and it's just the best method of that. And I think, well, I talked to Ricky on the phone the other day for like an hour and he said something about like, he tells kids to be a designer. And I'm like, I could, I agree with that, you know? Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> being a pro rider is the long shot, you know, and, uh, but you can learn, you know, and, and like we've been saying, it's just, you, you learn and then you do it because you like it. And that's that's really what gets it gets it done, you know, gets gets you your what you want, you know. Exactly. And I mean, for me, I found an entire career just because I liked making videos, riding bikes. Yeah. And and I'm not just talking about like YouTube. Like yes, YouTube is pretty much what pays my bills just because my part time job I have is also YouTube, but it's video. And I'm just making videos, shooting videos, editing videos. When it comes to design, I mean, there's so many different things. Like, I mean, you look at it like this gyro. There's so many different steps that you could learn that have nothing to do with riding bikes, but could have you in the BMX world if you learn. Right. Right. I mean, like I, I, you know, the first thing I drew was a BMX bike and then I was all into where you were you in on like bike guide forum when that was going on mm-hmm. so the um george french was on there a lot and there were some other guys i i loved learning uh, reading like george's post and things he took all this engineering stuff and made it applicable to bmx and that was really interesting you know um but yeah same thing with him like you you go into some kind of design or engineering thing like you're probably not going to end up in bicycles <laughs> but you can do it for fun you know yeah, maybe not what he's at. You can maybe get. You probably end up with a more normal civil or land development or something like that, and that's fine. But you know, do the do the stuff you like on the side still. Right, and you just never know. Like if you use the BMX thing to learn about that. Oh yeah, it's all it's all you know. Everything I learn with this, I feel like helps me with work and vice versa. You know, it's all programming to me. Exactly. And, and who knows if you learn it early enough, you see, we don't see it as much on, you know, Instagram or social media where a company is looking for a designer, like a product designer or other types of things like that. We see a lot when it comes to like, oh, videographer or editor or something. But you never know if you learn something early enough, what place you might find. And even we don't even have to talk about early. Like, this is the kind of thing that it's out there. Zach did it. That's Zach's story. Zach didn't grow up learning how to 3D model stuff. He I've, always, I've been impressed with what he's done, you know? Like, he doesn't have the, I don't think, the same schooling I had and stuff like that, you know? So for him to just learn how to do all that stuff because he wanted to, like, that's awesome. Like, that's the whole spirit of it, you know? Right. And so if you could just translate your BMX obsessive like whatever (laughs) obsession outlet (laughs) yeah if you can if you can channel that into learning something 
then it's a whole new thing. I, do you think, so people talk about skilled trades. Do you think that at a certain point, things like video or photography or modeling and those things will be considered skilled trades? Oh, well, aren't, aren't they already? Or I don't know. Saying? Are they not? <laughs> they might be. I'm, I'm not in that world. I think it's a skill. Well, I mean, are you asking then like about like automation and AI and all that stuff? Well, I was going to get to that. But like my question is, you know, things like, like machining or welding, those types of skilled trades that you can learn at like a. Oh, yeah, they're never going anywhere. Like, those are great things to learn. So, yeah, I wonder how, at one point, if it's not already, if, like, video and modeling and coding and things like that end up being considered skilled trades that people could learn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially if it's just software, you know? Like, right. that's that's just kind of up to you and what, what time you want to put into it. Yeah. <laughs> the AI conversation is an interesting one <laughs> i think the word ai is kind of weird it's kind of funny like they just, it's like a new term you know it's all programming i don't know i think it's funny that it's this new word but uh it's more of a category than anything yes i don't know to me it's all programming <laughs> i guess they'll see what the difference is but uh like like whatever we program now is different than what they programmed 10 years ago like it's the same programming but um yeah, automation is where the new stuff is. You know, that's that's just the natural flow of it all. You know, the more um, steps you can control at once. You know, I mean, this is automation. You know, true. Yeah. You know, it's all automation, but uh, the more you can automate, you know, but that's where things are going. Even in my work field, automation is like a kind of a hot thing. Um, being able to take all that data and do different things with it outside of the CAD programs and stuff and merge GIS data with it and stuff like that and write these programs and just let them run. You know, that, that's, uh, you can, uh, that's the fractal evolution of it all really is, you know, um, and if you're, you know, I don't know, if you're younger, that's the stuff to, to look into. That's what's going to get you to be like proceed or take over the next wave, you know, the old generation of, uh, <laughs> workers and stuff that's the new stuff that's where you want to be yeah well i mean that the skilled trades are something that they say is like the kind of thing that just like can't go away where you're you know you're custom welding this thing that's like how long is it going to be before a robot can come in there and analyze and then perform an action based on this knowledge all by itself right well, I've heard, I mean, some machinists are worried about the 3D printing metal and stuff like that, you know, and like I said, I don't think that's ever going to be as, it, it could never be as strong or, you know, it's going to have slightly different properties. It's not going to work for everything. It'll be really good for some things. Um, I saw some tube work that, uh, some Reynolds tubing or something, they had some like internal stuff in it. That's really cool. Interesting. But, but like, yeah, the raw materials and then machining them, I mean, that's still going to always be the best uh, strength. It's going to be the best workmanship, I think, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I would agree with that. And 
at the end of the day, if you're talking about 3D printing and you're talking about CNC machining, a CNC machine isn't a lot different than a 3D printing head moving in space. So it's like there's at what one adds and one subtracts. Right. And so like how long, how many years is it going to take before you remove the person from the equation entirely? Like, I feel like you're going to always have to have a... Who writes that program? Exactly. Like, you're, I feel like you're always going to have to have that person there who is just there in case something goes crazy. Yeah, that, all that... I'm not too worried about like AI taking over and everything. Like I said, who's got to, who's going to write all that? Someone's got to write all that software. So there, I mean, so the jobs just shift. Yeah. Now, now everybody's a programmer. Learn to code. Yeah, <laughs> learn to code is a really good thing. And future, I see people <laughs> talking about AI and photography, and where it's like stuff is creepy. <laughs> This AI images. <laughs> it's it, there's definitely craziness going on there, and it's like it is a conversation to be had. I don't know if right now's the time to have that conversation because we're talking about modeling and those things. Thinking about video and AI, it's like, I mean, it's how many hundreds of years before we get to a point where like you have, you don't have to actually shoot a video to do something. It's like. Uh, well that would be kind of lame now <laughs> oh yeah that would kind of take the fun out of it but yeah who knows I mean but by the I feel like the way technology works by the time like that's possible something else has already come out that just makes that antiquated you know so whatever that'll never happen because something you can't think of yet is going to happen yeah you know I mean? that makes <clears> you just can't anticipate what's really going to happen by the time you really get to where you think what is or when you get to the where you thought was the future That's something else is already coming you know interesting Man, it's like a paradox of some kind <laughs> and i think that's kind of what i've learned from my career you know just with the tech the tech wave you know it's just, just I, I can see it a little different now you know I mean, I can, you can see when a new one's coming it's really interesting. i kind of thought by now i would have gone i would have been like pushed out of the way by like the younger kids <laughs> but luckily in civil i guess the software kind of plateaued out and they stopped training people as much and there's not as much there's not as many cad people that do what i do mm, i gotcha that's just that wave's just not there to push me out the way yet so. how do you even get that job do you are you just like cruising for uh modeling <laughs> like how does that how do you find out about how do they put the word out there? I fell into that one kind of. Um, I I was doing land development. I lived. I grew up in Delaware, so I was doing land development, um, and I hated it. <laughs> it was fun. It was tricky. It was it was fun to learn, but like I don't like destroying the land. You know, like I grew up in Delaware, where that's the land is. I mean, everything's bought up and developed. You know, and it's just it stinks. You know, nobody likes that. So I. I moved out to Colorado and then I didn't have any, I didn't have a job lined up or anything. And I was out here for like two months and blew all my money. And I was like probably this close to having to go back home and called a staffing agency, went on a, went on an interview and got a job. Like, and it just, that's, and I've been with the same people ish, like the same, uh, 
type of work at least and followed the same people through different companies and stuff and just uh, another, again just another wave you know meant to be pretty lucky with all that kind of stuff so like i was saying with this like <laughs> if you, you see the way you better ride it you know yeah, it's just meant to be kind of stuff it's like happens the way it's supposed to but yeah i fell into that stuff and it's just mine you know i kind of liked it um, yeah like different companies and then acquisitions and you know a different place altogether, but with the same people doing the same thing that's good and it sounds like you just enjoy what you're doing so i like to hear that too yeah it's tricky it's hard i you know i like i like solving those problems and like feel like I get a quite a bit of work that comes to me that's like hey we've had other people work on this can't quite get what we want can you help us out that that's a pretty good feel good thing you know that makes me feel pretty good it makes me feel useful and needed and all that. you're like I'm the guy <laughs> sometimes that's cool man and I realized we just went as far as we did without even talking about riding at all so like Maybe we should talk a little bit about riding. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, real quick, though. What did he say? This wave reminds me of the creativity of the height of mid-school. Same vibe. Sick. That's interesting. Height of mid-school? Like riding. Oh, mid-school of BMX mid-school. I thought you were talking about middle school. I was like, what? <laughs> BMX mid-school. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, what? Go ahead. What's uh, what's your story with riding? I need to ride more. Yeah, <laughs> it's hot now. Um, yeah, I've been riding a little bit. Like I, I'm still learning new tricks and stuff. I'm not riding as much as I used to, but I'm still, I still like going and working on lip tricks and stuff. That's that's what keeps me going. I just thought it was cool that I saw. I went looking for the lip trick stuff, and then I see riding dirt jumps and whatever else you're riding. I was just like, oh, that's sick. I love when I see yeah. well-rounded people. It's so cool out here, and there's so much riding. You know, northern Colorado. I lived in Fort Collins for a little while. I'm a little south of there now, but, like, we got, you know, every town's got a skate park or two or four. <laughs> four. <laughs> trails, you know, public trails, all, a bunch of places. That place in Boulder, Valmont and Boulder, like that's freaking awesome. You know, we got some private trails down the down the road a little bit. And a bunch of dudes hanging out there, and um, good good crew of dudes out here for sure. It's funny. This I did a podcast last week with Traction Coffee, who's in Colorado, probably not super far from you. Oh, okay. Where where are they? Where are they? I'd have to look that up, but I'm not sure I've heard of them. I I saw your thumbnail, but I don't know if I knew. Traction before. Coffee is Longmont. Oh wow, that's really close. Yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe you could do some three D printing stuff for them. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like, it's like everybody it's working. Full coffee mugs. <laughs> yeah. It just fall apart when you put coffee in them. It's a prank. Just coffee. <laughs> yeah, if you put anything other than coffee, wait, then you have to wash it somehow. It doesn't work. Uh, but Brandon uh, made it a little bit more clear what he was talking about. He's talking about the wave of makers and 
pushing boundaries with that stuff reminds him of the creativity in the height of mid school. I can see that. That makes sense. And it's it's also similar to and just the natural progression of BMX parts in general. We had that that period of oh we're tired of these junk old thread headset whatevers and one piece bottom brackets and then it goes to like way overbuilt once they established what came next and then it went slowly got lighter and lighter and lighter and it got super super light until it was too light too much back up a little bit and we backed up (laughs) and that's kind of that's where we are today yeah, it's a pretty good spot. Like, I still, I, you know, I do. You probably had a forty-pound bike at one point too, right? No, oh, you're too young. I'm only twenty-nine. Thirty-five. How how was your? Twenty-nine. How heavy was your heaviest bike? That's like how how old are you? Oh, let's see. Well, my heaviest bike would have been my first complete fit, and I think that one was probably like, it was less than thirty. Yeah. Yeah, forty-pound bikes are killers. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I it's really fun. It, like you don't even want to. I don't even want to ride them. Like I would want to collect the mid-school stuff, but it's like for why I don't want to ride a forty-pound biker. It's not cool. <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't want to do that either. It'd only be if it was like significant in some way to me. And I have I didn't ride it in that era, so it's like there's no significance to me of uh, that stuff. Right. I missed, I kind of missed the, like the eighties, like that wave of like those cool bikes, like the eighties bikes and stuff. So like that stuff's a little before me and I don't really get it. But so my, my time frames that mid school stuff, that's all heavy. And so I don't really, I, I tried to collect a little bit and then just like, uh, their the parts aren't that great to collect, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things. Pick your, pick your poison. I so I got rid of, sold most of my collector pieces and yeah, I gotcha. I only have a couple little things that I'm just like, oh, this is cool. You know, like my little devil wallet. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even have that when it was new. I, I bought it off eBay just because I got obsessed after I got a decent job in life. And I was like, oh, cool, I have money. I'm just going to buy stuff. Goes on eBay, buys 10 pairs of orchids. Yeah. Anyways. That's what you do when you start getting paid. Dead, literally, and it's like dumb because now they're all in. We got nothing to buy to spend any money on. I remember one of my first jobs. I had a paycheck and I put it in my drawer and didn't cash it for months because I just didn't need the money because I was living at home and stuff. And I found it months later. I was cleaning out my drawer, cashed it, and they freaked out. Like, like what? What's going on? Oh, I'm sure. That's pretty funny, you know, because I was like 16. Like I didn't need the money that bad. They're like, hey, uh, you can't be holding. Can't <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Cash the- so, you got your bike right there. Let's, can you show me your current bike setup? I'm, I'm curious with all the customiz- customization things you've made and done. I just want to learn. So, <clears throat> take me through all of the unique things about your bike. So, First, it was, I mean, it was really the frame. I mean, that's Mike Maloney, DEFCON 4. He made this thing. It was badass. I loved it. Um, this is my stem, of course. 
which is sick. We saw one of those earlier a little bit, and it's it's just cool because it has those gyro tabs built into it, super thick for the stiffness. I got mine Cerakoted, um, like sniper gray. Oh, every, so everything on here is like Cerakoted. There's no paint. It's SOCOM blue, huh. um, carbon black, black. Is there a function behind that or did you just like it? I just liked it. Okay. I, my buddy does it um, and it's real thin and light. Okay. Uh, it's pretty cool. Like you can see the welds and stuff and it's, man, it's super hard. Like there's no scratches on this thing. It's, it's ceramic. It's like a like a like a frying pan or something, you know. Interesting. There's so no, there's only one scratch where my where my cranks hit it a little bit, but like there's no scuffs or scratches, you know. It's looks brand new still. What does it cost? Not at cost, but like what does it cost if you're gonna pay someone to do that on your frame? A little more in powder, but not too much more because they still gotta blast it and then paint you know coat it the same way they would have if it was powder and bake it and all that stuff um i think like 200 bucks or something like that maybe interesting so if, if a frame company wanted to cerakote stuff instead of powder it <clears throat> i wonder how much more it would make the frame because then they'd probably be working with a place and doing quantities you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> um but yeah, that's, I mean, I like, th that was cool and it was, and it really was just, you know, my friend did it and it was cool and yeah. paint, paint has weight, you know, gotta be lightweight. Oh, uh, uh, it's lighter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a little bit paint doesn't weigh a whole lot, but powder, powder can add up. But, uh, but yeah, so I got like carbon headset cap. I got like this, um, Frankenstein gyro. I got the steel lower piece with the aluminum upper. In the Odyssey one? Yeah, I Frankenstein them together because the bottom piece was flexing. So I got the steel piece down here, glue them up here. And you do you still have the upper steel part? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So then it was RNC cranks when they like I. This has to be one of the first ones he sold, like first ten or so. I don't know. I've, I've I think I jumped on him pretty quick. Um. Profile, spline drive. Um, I need the spline drive because I can't get my spacing right without it. Oh, I understand. Because you um, want to put spacers on the outside of your sprocket. Right. Yeah, I, I, I have that on my bike, but I use bolt drive, and I just use like washers on the outside of the sprocket. On both bolt and uh, on spindle, I might try that sometime at some point. Um, it works. You just, I mean, and you know, being a person who's kind of like, you really want to have it a certain way. You have to have those exactly the same width on both the sprocket bolt and the spindle, so that they're oh, yeah. the same. Yeah. Or yeah, your sprocket will wobble. Yep. That's no good. Um. But yeah, then, man, my favorite part on this whole bike is the carbon fiber rims. Oh, which ones did you get? These are the, the alienation ones. I got tie spokes. These are Cerakoted, aluminum nipples, BSD hub. That 
um, planetary hub is that's the that's just the way to go, man. Those things feel so good. Yeah. Um, I'm disappointed you don't have the alienation one yet. But <laughs> I get it. It didn't. I, it wasn't out yet. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm not but, upset. Uh, so then, like, tie bars, tie forks. Jeez. Um, um, Far East, uh, Far East cycles made those, and they're freaking awesome. These guys killed it. Like, I worked with some other people to get, to get these made, and they just honestly just couldn't do it. They weren't capable. <laughs> gotcha. And, man, they crushed it first try. Removable mounts. <clears throat> Huh. Is that a product that they just produce now? I think, I mean, they're, they're kind of like custom order. Okay. But yeah, you can get what, I mean, whatever bend you, I drew these, <laughs> I, I modeled the bars. Really? You know, tightened up the box, made this as tight as I could, gave myself as much flat as I needed for my, for my levers. Yep. To the width, I, the first pair of bars I never had to cut. <laughs> And then, so my theory with, with, I mean, I love these tie bars a lot. Um, my, my theory on that is that with steel bars, <clears throat> I would bend them a little bit, you know, like you get like a little bend one degree or so, and it just ruins the bars. Well, like the titanium can bend farther and go back. Right. So not bent these, like I'm still, it still gets chucked off of quarter pipes, you know, and yeah. still fall on ice picks and smashes across the ground. I still haven't bent yet. Wow. Like maybe that wouldn't hold up for someone jumping off of roofs and stuff, you know, but right. that's pleasant kind of surprise for that. I was, I mean, you don't want to spend that much on bars and then have them bend right away, you know? Right. And I mean, the alternative to that is like the bars I ride, the nowhere ones, they use super thick tubing and those don't bend, but, but it's because they're super thick tubing and they're, they're naturally just going to be a little bit heavier because of that. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, and then you feel that weight that you drop up here, man, you feel it pretty good. That's so wild. What levers are those? Um, I, oh, my brakes are all kink stuff. Oh, okay. Because they have, because it, it was, um, I just liked, uh, just liked the design. Really, it felt like it had more tinker ability. You know, like I could tinker with it a little more. Well, it's all like modular too with their setups, where it's like you you use one part of it, you can use a different part for another thing, depending upon if you have a gyro or straight cable or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. I mean, it's it's that forged 7000 series stuff, so it's super stiff. Um, but yeah, my brake line is just, it's so rigid. I would love there's, to feel your brakes at some point. Like, like, there's really, there's not much there, you know? Dang, that's sick. <clears throat> and it's probably in your pads compressing. Yeah, pretty much. That's about the only... That is but awesome. Yeah, the, the wheel set was the best though. Like, so this whole bike, this is my stimulus check bike. <laughs> this is my, <laughs> this is my COVID build. <laughs> okay. So I got to remind myself and maybe some other people sometimes that <laughs> I didn't just buy all this. Like this was, this was the gov This is my government bike. <laughs> You're still paying for that bike right now. <laughs> We're all paying. This is, this is everyone's bike. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that. Tax, the taxpayer's bike. Somebody see you at a skate park be like, Hey, you said it was mine. <laughs> that's too funny so i'm gonna try all right so let me run through again you got high bars forks your frame is normal it's yeah it's the only steel part on the bike is the frame so okay. i got a carbon carbon seat post carbon rims 
almost everything. All the bolts are Thai. Do you have tubalitos too, I imagine? Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. I like right. those. Let me think here. I'm going to try and guess. All right, chat. Chat. Everybody in here, I want you to guess oh, how heavy guess his bike is. And I'm going to try oh, and guess too. We can weigh it. <laughs> we, you can't tell me, though. All right. I figured you'd just know. It's too many numbers to remember. I, I got an idea. Okay. Well, we can't know yet. Anybody who wants to guess, <laughs> I'm curious. I'm trying to think through it all here. Mm, I want to be super specific. What uh, is your scale measuring in here? It'll be pounds. Pounds and then ounces? Uh. Ten hundreds okay. pounds and dang Jeff, you went high. You went way high, Jeff. My bike weighs <laughs> twenty five. His is gonna be way less than twenty three. Tw twenty one point four, nineteen pounds three ounces, nineteen. <clears throat> I'm gonna say someone said twenty one. I'm gonna say sixteen pounds nine ounces. I wish. Oh no, I wish. <laughs> No, Hold on. 21, oh, 21.34. Wow. So DFLJ said 21. Then OG BMX 420 said 21.4. <laughs> use the rules. Price is right rules. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> These rules, you're in. Man, I thought it would have been way lighter than that. My bike is 25-ish. You, you want two pegs? Two steel pegs. Gyro, uh, uh, normal forks, heavy bars. <clears throat> I guess I do have folding tires. My front tire, I don't think, is folding, but I don't remember. It might be. Well, my hubs are probably, there's still some weight to drop on the hubs. Like, they've still got the steel axles. I got a shadow, a shadow front hub, so it's got, like, the steel female. Yeah. And then the solid or the hollow steel axle on that uh, free coaster. I have, I still have that titanium axle for the original free night that could be modified to fit the newer ones. I just haven't. I'd be sick. I didn't want. I wish I could get someone to make me a tie axle for kit for my bike. I got lucky. Because <laughs> it's a friend of my dad's who like he did it for me and only charged me like I don't think I gave him. He asked for a whole hundred bucks. Nice. But it was for the original free night. And then I just, I haven't broken an axle in the alienation one yet. So like, <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't felt a need to swap it out or anything. Yeah. Same. Like it's just, I mean, they don't, if they, someone made a tie axle, I'd buy it. But right. Exactly. It's, Which it's, someone it's, should. <laughs> I went through like the ringer trying to find out if any of the tie axles that have existed in history would fit that hub because it's just like a, yeah. it's a normal, you know, off the, the internals of it and the spacing and things. It feels like it's just a normal off the shelf axle. Right. But I could but usually, not. Yeah. Usually that the bearing spacing is really specific you know, and that's, that's the bummer. Yeah. So <clears> I <throat> haven't found looked super hard or tried anything but i haven't found one yet <laughs> steels are good there's man there's a good hubs though like i had i had a fully loaded z coaster and everything and all the other ones man i've had i got nankai's i got 
my friend had a uh, old primo son of a bomb. <laughs> yeah. Like back in the day. And stuff, you know, I've tried them all. Probably racked my knees on every single one of them too. But then until this, like I couldn't really get used to the Z coaster. <clears throat> I liked it a lot, but, but then as soon as I got like these planetary ones, it's, it just felt right. You know, like it, it didn't, it didn't catch me out. It never made me feel like I was going to skip my pedals or anything. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just like showing these when I can because it's cool. And for anybody who has never heard of a planetary free coaster, how are you on my channel right now without hearing about a planetary free coaster? I don't know how that's possible. Look them up. They're cool. I like that alienation one. I'll get one of those next. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Thanks. Sorry. Anyways. Your idea with the look at square edges and stuff? Yeah, so so what I drew was like a, because I was going for, have you heard of persistence of vision? It's like a concept. There's persistence of vision displays where it's just a row of LEDs and they're, they're say they're on this pen. Then there's like a an L type deal and then a center point. And this is what's stationary and the LEDs rotate like this. Okay. So that it extends them out a little bit. And then those LEDs will change colors and they can make a display based right, okay. on the concept of persistence of vision in that our eyes take a second to process things before, like in real time, it might not be there, but we see things and the persistence of vision. So I wanted to design something that utilized that in a hub. So I was thinking like if we did something that had like a like a candy cane type style to it where it's like a spiral so that when it's rotating it might do something and then oh yeah and so from there <clears throat> zach saw what i drew and was like oh what about this and made it straight instead of being rotated and then the idea of putting the aln on there when you rotate it it kind of looks like the, like a Marvel beginning of a Marvel movie with the comic flashes of oh okay and when it's spinning you can see the ALN flashing like a comic book kind oh, of oh gotcha that's cool and it's just neat so that's where that originally came from oh that's cool thanks that's... I was trying to do something cool with it where it's like more than just a spinning hub with a logo on it yeah Oh, and then those sharp edges are pretty unique looking. Well, not sharp, but those flat edges. Yeah, the polished one just shines really cool in the light. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, does it make a hologram of the body? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, is there any other aspects of, like, the stuff that you do that we haven't really talked about when it comes to all these things? Oh, man, I'm not sure. Um, or any of the stuff on your table that you wanted to show that you didn't get a chance to? Oh, here we go. This is fun. <laughs> so, I was printing Zach's pedals, and my, my friend Gabe wanted a pair. So, I like, I can't just print Gabe, like, the normal thing. I gotta, I gotta make, I gotta. That's funny. <laughs> but what's cool with these is, <clears throat> I didn't realize right away, but oh, that's funny! Like, 
I don't know if I can show this very well. But like it, man. The in, within the light though, like it really. I don't know if that's working very well. I can see it. But that, that was fun to model those, and I put Zach on there. That's funny. Just it was fun to like figure out how to like turn an image into a little model and put it on there. Just stuff like that, I like doing silly stuff like that to learn, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so what's in your future with this stuff you gonna keep doing it oh yeah because <clears throat> i like it <laughs> exactly uh, yeah i don't know i'll just keep doing it see what happens if tire wedgie just becomes this super demanded thing are you gonna buy like four more of those so you can be running them at the same time <laughs> i'd like maybe i still don't think that's really gonna like give a ton of capability you know like we'll see i mean that's a great problem to have you know can't keep right. up <clears throat> absolutely and i mean if it costs pennies on the dollar to make them and it rightly sells for 20 bucks how many of those do you make before you can uh buy another hundred dollar ender you right uh, yeah that's true that's the way i look at things like that well, yeah. So that one will that one will probably turn into a tool machine too. I'll have two of them. Nice. Because that is that's fun. Uh, that was the original hobby was making the machines and making them work and tuning them and you know. So, um, but now I kind of need one to keep it running. Right. I keep seeing Enders show up on Facebook Marketplace, like randomly around here, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't have enough time to get into that, but it's cool. Well, I, that would be my suggestion, I guess, for if someone wanted to start cheap, though, a, a refurb, like comgrow.com, you get a refurb for like a hundred bucks, just throw it together and start using it, you know, like, you're gonna, you're gonna have to learn a lot anyway. Um, it's gonna make you want to learn how to model, like, you'll have to at least know how to slice the, the stuff, you'll have to get some software, there's a lot to learn, you know. But that you know, gets you started, especially if you're just printing with PLA. You know, I wanted to print with different materials and stuff, so I didn't want to just only have an ender, um, like a stock one anyway. But yeah, a stock ones, like it's they're fine. Print, you can download stuff and print it. You know, like that's it. It could be that simple if you wanted it to be. You know, that's the beauty of it is that you get that thing set up and working, and then you can just download stuff and print it. Yeah, and that Thingiverse community is huge. Like, there's so many cool things on there. And, and then a lot of it is parts for the machines themselves, you know, so it's all self-replicating you know, that kind of stuff. But, so that's a lot of what I print is parts to make other machines or replace parts on the machine itself and that's cool. things like that. <clears throat> that's cool. So, like, if somebody wanted to buy Iron Wedgie, where would they yes. go or follow the stuff you've got going on, see things? Where do people go to find all this stuff? It's pretty much all Instagram right now. Uh, Water Designs on Instagram. Um, Water BMX, the hashtag. Find all that stuff. Um, there's just not a lot to buy right now. Like, <laughs> <I'm> <clears throat> You're making stock. So I'll uh, put them on there when I get them, you know, and I... Um, 
I mean, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of people ask me, like, well, just, I, I wish I had a better answer, really, you know, like. Right. So. And, and if somebody wanted to get some bar ends made, they could hit you up on there and get on the list. Right. Yeah, so I, I mean, I do have a web store. There's a link on the on the Instagram. Um, tire wedgies are sold on the on the site. They're all sold out now, but you can just keep checking. I'll post whenever I put some up there. Um, bar ends. There's a couple bar, water bar ends still on the store. They're cheap. I don't know if somebody wants to grab them. Um, they, they're ready to go. But uh, custom bar ends, like maybe just DM me or something. Yeah, try to try to work that out I said I got I got a little list already so <laughs> get back happens when you're badass make cool stuff <laughs> just saying all of the info though is in the description and it's cool it's cool to see what you got going on I love whenever people who just love what they're doing start to succeed even if you never anticipated for that to happen or tried to make it be a thing it's just cool to see it being coming a thing right i agree yeah <laughs> i would i would be thinking it's cool too if it wasn't me you know i'd be fanning fan out but... <laughs> hell yeah man well we've been going stuff. <clears throat> what's that I like all my other friends that are making stuff you know? yeah just like see people succeed it's badass but uh we've been going for two hours here I don't want to take up too much of your time. That was cool. That was that was quicker. That was a quick two hours. I didn't think we were going to talk that long. That's cool. Yeah, it wasn't that bad, was it? (laughs) Hell yeah. Well, everybody, check out Wooder Designs and uh, hit the links in the description and get on the list for some bar ends or wait till you see a tire wedgie because Jeff Mead says it'll change your life. (laughs) That being said. (laughs) Jeff's Jeff's awesome (laughs) but on that note thank you everyone and thank you for doing this I know you were kind of like nervous about it thank you thank you this is cool (laughs) yeah I've been talking to you forever or texting you forever so it's cool to finally talk once in a while and really like going out there Ohio or like where you're from like that's kind of high on my list of some riding spots like it'd be cool to come out there sometime if I ever get a chance all I'm saying is trails not even 15 minutes that way Double coping, four foot spine, right over there. Lip Lord <laughs> Skate Park, not even 15 minutes, and not even 10 minutes from the trails. Nice. Yeah, you got a, you got a nice spot. A million other places to ride. Uh, look up the Stoke Run spot that just opened back up, the old Ohio Dreams, indoor and outdoor skate park, and we're fit- fixing the trails. You got a lot of options if you come out here. Hell yeah. Yeah. So on Maybe that, <laughs> it'll happen. Maybe someday. On that note, though, I'm going to let everybody go here. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see y'all tomorrow morning for the news. All right, see you. <clears throat> Jeff Mead said, Wooder trip, do it. <laughs>